Hey, flamethrowers. It is Shireen, and we are gearing up for what may be the most exciting Stanley Cup finals that we've seen in a long time, and in particular since 1993. As you know, I have tried to break up with the Montreal Canadiens for a while, even talked about it in a recent piece that I wrote for the Walrus Magazine on how that I felt as if the team wasn't reflective of my principles and how I feel about justice in general. However, this is a team that's tough to part with, particularly when being a Habs fan is in my blood. Today, to discuss the Habs going to the Stanley Cup Finals against Tampa Bay Lightning for this season, I have on probably the most compelling, interesting, and fabulous Habs fan that I know. I'm so excited for the first time to have Dr. Tahira Ahmed on the show. Welcome, Mom. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So, Mama, the Habs, how long have you been a fan of Le Bleu, Blanc et Rouge? How long? I have been a fan since 1972. Okay, that's a long time. So, that's 49 years to the point. There. Can you explain to me how the Montreal Canadiens came to be in your life? Okay, so um, I came to Canada in 1972. I was married, 22 years old. I was in med school. And um, we, my husband had just finished um, his um, university and got a job with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. We lived in, um, on the Springland Drive in Ottawa near Mooney's Bay. And then um, we were poor students of course, didn't have cars, lots of loans, and had to work. So a friend gave us a black and white TV because my husband said, um, uh, you know, we'll watch the Stanley Cup. Now, I didn't know a lot about the Stanley Cup, but I knew a little bit. And how I knew was that there was a Canadian couple in the northern part of Pakistan in Khyber, where I come from, and they were Major and Mrs. Doddridge. They had a son, Chris, who was my age, and the Doddridges got to know my dad from our local club in that city, where a lot of Europeans and North Americans and maybe some Canadians came. So my dad, as he was very hospitable, he invited the Doddridges to come and have dinner. And they loved our home and my mother and myself. And Chris told me about skating. And I said, but I do roller skating. He said, no, no, no. There are sharp blades and you skate on ice. And I said, what? On ice? And he said, yeah, I'm going to show you. So Chris showed me a couple of pictures of different, you know, hockey teams playing. And I couldn't really remember the Habs then, but he said to me, well, there's a team in Montreal that plays very well. So I said, okay. And things were forgotten and the Doddridges moved back to Canada and um, I forgot about them. So when I came and my husband told me, he said, um, why don't we watch the game? And suddenly 
this thought came to me, I said, oh, Chris told me about it. Yes, I'm interested. So we used to sit and watch the games. And the Habs, of course, I saw their red, uh, you know, sweaters. And also they had a darker color uniform before, mm -hmm. 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I saw Ari Richard. I saw the Mahavlich brothers. <laughs> yeah. I saw Yvonne Conroyer. Yeah. I saw Larry Robinson. Yeah. And Ken Dryden was the goal goalie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he eventually, I think, became a lawyer mm -hmm. and he practices or he's probably retired now. Yeah. So, you know, I was glued to the TV and I used to watch these and I fell in love with this team. And, you know, it reminded me of the colors of Canada. I'm a new immigrant, came here, I got attached. So every time the Habs played, I'm not, not going out, I want to watch the game. Mm -hmm. And I and my husband said, well, what's what's going on here? We need to go for a walk. We need to go to Mooney's Bay to the beach. I said, no, no, no. The game is going to start. And this little black and white TV, um, uh, you know, is what we'd move around and shake it and it would go blurry <laughs> and then we'd watch it again. And and I just kept praying, please, God. Let me watch the game before this TV explodes or doesn't catch what we are trying to do. Um, that and then, you know, the new players came and they went. And at that time, the Habs and the Chicago Blackhawks mm -hmm. were in competition. They were an amazing team. Mm -hmm. And I suppose they went and played uh, you know, against the Blackhawks and mm -hmm. many times the Habs uh, got the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and since you um, moved in 72. So the Stanley Cup has been awarded to the Montreal Canadiens 24 times. So, and, but you came in 72 and literally you came at the beginning of another glory period where yeah. consecutively for years and years up until 93, arguably, there was many, almost a dozen wins. So okay, you, so do you think it's a coincidence that you came to this country and they started winning when you got here? I don't know. I believe I'm the lucky person. This is what I've done in this playoff. <laughs> Just praying and, and encouraging and screaming and excited. And, you know, even at my age, I, they fascinate me. They, they're, I just think that they were, at that time, they were gentle, uh, kinder. They weren't vicious. They weren't volatile. They like weren't the Bruins? Mm? Like the Bruins, right? Yeah. No, the Habs. Yeah, no, I'm saying like the Bruins were a little bit vicious. Oh, they were. And they'd whack their stick and hit the puck in your face. And don't forget that at that time, a lot of players, like I remember Ari Richard, didn't mm -hmm. wear a helmet. Yeah. Okay, these helmets came for protection later. Mm -hmm. So the Mahavlich brothers didn't, Avon Convoyer didn't, many other awesome players, they would just skate just beautifully. Mm -hmm. And then comes in number 10. <laughs> Guy Lefleur was my heartthrob. He was a gentle Canadian who was from Thurso, Quebec, where my sister-in-law hails from, no relation, but he just played beautiful, smooth skater fast and I said whoa 
you know, this is, that's it. I just, I just liked the gentleness, the beautiful way that he played. And I said to my husband, that's my favorite. He's going to be my favorite player. So whenever uh, Guy Lafleur scored, I was just on top of the world. Huh? And I decided at that time, okay, there was another team in Quebec, uh, Quebec Nordiques. Later, yeah. Later, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. And then as time went on, and of course I finished me- medicine and went on to my internship and I was sort of detached a little bit because I would come back from calls and there's no way I was going to watch a game. I needed to sleep. Mm-hmm. But And what happened that after this, um, these multiple majestic wins, suddenly something went wrong. The, the air came out of the sails of the Habs. Mm-hmm. They changed um, head coaches and coaches and things like that. And um, the team just didn't do well. Mm-hmm. They, they were losing to just, you know, teams. Now, it's not when I was watching them, it wasn't like it's played this year, like the Canadians played Canadians and then the Americans and perhaps I don't know why they changed that format, but then- No, because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly, COVID, right. yeah, sure. But then uh, they they would play each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so, and they were always losing. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed and disappointed. Over a period of time, the players that I loved, uh, Ari Richard, the Mahavlesh brothers were traded, mm-hmm. um, Yvonne Convoyer w- did and then left. And then um, number 10, Guy Lefler continued to play, but the team wasn't cohesive and weren't um, what I had, you know, w- what I dreamt of and what they, were like in the early 70s and 80s. And at times I thought, okay, maybe I'm gonna give up. They're losing, mm-hmm. they don't make an effort. What's wrong with them? Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm just tired of their losses. They don't even go beyond to even enter the playoffs. So I have a question for you though, before we go up to the part where they start losing and, and, and come out of that glory. Cause 1993 is the last time that the Habs yeah. were in the Stanley cup mm-hmm. finals and the last time they won. Yeah. Now, the question that I have is that you also produce two Montreal Canadiens fans, one being me and one being my brother Suleiman. And so how, how did that come to be? Like, did you watch games with us when we were, I remember you being the most exuberant fan. Yeah. And you're very composed professionally. You have to be in medicine, but there's a side of you when you watch sports, that's like a little bit, you know, a little bit gregarious, a little bit, you know, emphatic in your celebrations. And I take after you, I'm grateful for that. But was that something that, because I remember there's this photograph that I have that you have of me and my brother wearing, well, we played hockey when we were little and we have, jerseys on that look like Montreal Canadiens jerseys so did you specifically put us in that club so we would wear those jerseys because I grew up I grew up in Halifax and that forum the Halifax forum wasn't very close to home yeah okay so you are you're five years old in that photo and of course there's no other way I was going to put any jersey on you except a Canadian (laughs) jersey and who I loved 
with the Habs in all the teams. And, and so when you were five, um, we started, um, you and your brother to, to go to um, skate, you know, yeah. learning skating in this club, private. They, the manager said, girls don't play with boys. Mm-hmm. And if you put Shireen here, she has to wear a helmet and her ponytails have to be stuck inside, inside the helmet. And mm-hmm. I said, I don't care. You were doing um, figure skating at the time, but you didn't like it. You wanted to play hockey. So I said, okay, guys, I bought you hockey jerseys and you were playing full gear, right? And, and you loved it. And nobody knew you were a little girl. So many weeks or months after when this season you guys playing in the club was almost over, you took your helmet off and two mothers come past me by and she said, she's a girl. And I said, so does it make a difference? We don't make differences between any gender. Mm -hmm. And they looked at me and I don't know whether they went and reported uh, that you were a girl playing with these boys and the, you know, whoever was in charge, they said, listen, the season is ending, just let Shireen play. So then you played. So when the season started with the Habs, of course, this was a family uh, sort of treat that you and your brother would sit with me and your dad and watch the game. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, the Habs were leading at that time. Yeah, they were. You were little, yeah. right? And we would uh, just encourage you. And then Suleiman learned very quickly, and so did you, where each player was and what they were doing and what penalties meant and what um, uh, offside meant and everything, right? So really, did you have a chance to like other teams? Maybe we didn't encourage you. We did not encourage you to like American teams. We were Canadian and you were gonna like a Canadian team. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't that we were insisting, you guys just grew into it Mm -hmm. and and you guys became fans of the Habs. I remember when Patrick Roy was his rookie year, they won the Stanley Cup in 86. I remember it was his rookie year and they won. And I still remember thinking how you felt about Lafleur. I felt about Roy. And I, all through middle school, all through high school, I was obsessed until he got traded. He left for the Nordiques and went to the the Abs, the Colorado Avalanche, like the Quebec Nordiques, for those don't know, ended Mm -hmm. up in 95 becoming... Uh, the Colorado Avalanche. So um, it was, you know, you're right. It was basically in my blood. And so one of the things that I love, one of my favorite stories is about your day, your favorite day as a Habs fan and how that happened, who you met and how excited were you? Okay. So um, of course, so we being in Nova Scotia, me working full-time, your dad working full-time, and our holidays were planned ahead when you were little. So we we actually had a little bit of difficulty in trying to meet the timelines 
when the playoffs started. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't go. Yeah. And this was a dream that I wanted to see my favorite players. And as time went on and I grew older, well, I thought, okay, these players are older than I was. So uh, one day my, our son called us, he was working in, um, um, I think he was in either in Montreal or Toronto. And he said, mom, I, I'm giving you and dad a surprise. By then, uh, you were married, you had your children, he had his children. So we had a bunch of grandchildren, of course, and knowing the excitement, um, all the grandchildren opted to be Habs fans. Yeah. Did they have a choice though? Because, you know, their, their grandmas. Yeah, they did, they did, but <laughs> they chose something like I'd wear my Habs jersey occasionally when playoffs were on and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and though it was, uh, you know, low peak for the, for the Canadians, but yeah. still they were somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. So our son called us and he said, mom, I'm going to give dad and you a surprise for your anniversary. And I said, oh, well, that already is gone. And he said, no, no, I was planning this. So I'm inviting you to Montreal. And um, we, one of his um, friends or something, Bobby Russo, who played mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the history that they won five goals against the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> so, so he said, uh, you know, Bobby really wants to meet with you and dad and his wife and son and blah, blah. And they're, they're really insisting that you come. And um, they said it will be very pleasant for Tyra and Salim. And we, so we went there and we went to see the game. I was so nervous as hell. I told him, I said, buy as many popcorn as you want because I need to eat while I'm watching the game. Yes. And and of course, I wore my red um, jersey before we went in. My son said, well, we have to go about an hour and a half before. So I said, well, I thought you got very good seats. Why do we do? Why do we have to do that? And he said, no, there is another reason why. So we go there and he takes us through this thingy building. And here we are at the private dining room of the Habs. <laughs> and it's a reserved table. Right. And of course, we met uh, Mr. Russo and his wife and they were very happy to meet us. And so we sit down for dinner. Were you a little starstruck? You met Bobby Russo. Yes, yes. And and and, his, and his Mrs. Russo and their son. And... Um, so we are all having dinner and it was a lovely meal, but I couldn't eat because I was excited. <laughs> I just want to go to the arena, right? This was, this was the Bell Center because you'd never been the to the Bell forum. Center. You'd never yeah. been to the forum before. No, okay. no, never. So we go and, and um, um, then, then they said, well, we still have 15 minutes. So maybe we should go to the lounge for the players. And I'm saying, oh, come on. I want to go there. I want to see these people, right? And then Bobby said to me, well, you might have a surprise. And I said, and what is that? And he said, Guy Lafleur is going to be there. I said, what? And he said, yeah, one or two or three of them may be 
maybe you may be able to meet them. And, and you know, Shreen, my heart, just being a physician, my heart just kept skipping beats. And I said, okay, so I'm very careful. And I'm, you know, I went in and um, we met Yvonne Conroyer and I told him about that. And he <laughs> said, yeah, he was an older man. And, um, you know, we are, we are both middle-aged now. And I told him about the games that I watched and he was impressed with all these names of players that I remembered. <laughs> and then comes this guy. And I looked at him and I said, oh my gosh, this was Guy Lafleur. Now Guy Lafleur was skinny with long brunette hair, right. you know, reaching his shoulders. And here he was quite, well, healthy, should yeah. I say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he came and looked and he, and then, um, Bobby Russo said, you know, this is Dr. Ahmed and she's been your fan for a long time. And um, I just said, oh my God, I'm so excited to meet you. And I said, I have been your fan for over 45 years. So he looked at me and he said, but I'm 42. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, you're not. <laughs> No, you're not. Anyway, <laughs> he stood beside us. And then Mrs. Russo said, do you mind having a picture? And he said, no, not with this beautiful lady wearing a Habs jersey. So then, you know, we took a picture and I was so excited. We took a picture with Yvonne Conroyer and yeah. whatever. And then he said to me, do you want me to sign your jersey? Yeah. Please, this will be amazing. So, you know, he signed my jersey. And you were wearing a number 10. Yes, I was wearing a number 10. Yeah. That's the only jersey I ever wanted was number <laughs> 10. So he signed it and he thanked me for, you know, remembering number 10 and that. And I said, of course, you know, you'll always be my favorite hockey player. So he said, okay. And then we just chatted a bit and then it was time to go. So we went to um, the um, arena and we had amazing seats, maybe three seats or four behind the players. So I could physically see their faces, right? Who and did they then, play that night? Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> oh, that's kind of a foreshadow of Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. It? And you know, they won the game, Shreen. They won overtime. And I'm telling you, I was on air. The yeah. whole time we went to the hotel, I kept saying to Salim, I cannot sleep. <laughs> and it's late. I just, I just couldn't. And everything, you know, was in my vision of that day and how they played. And somehow it came back uh, the years of 70, between 70 and 90. <laughs> so unfortunately after that game, they didn't make it. Yeah. For me, it was a dream come true. I mean, I love that story. And this is, you know, kind of leading into my next question about, and I, you know, of course I know the answers to these, but we haven't actually haven't had a chance to discuss this upcoming playoff that's starting. Mm -hmm. What is it like for you after being a fan for almost 50 years mm -hmm. to have this opportunity after 28 years, you know, to, and what do you, and, and then we're going to talk about the, the team, but first let's talk about what it means to you that mm -hmm. the, that the, the Montreal Canadians are mm -hmm. in the Stanley cup finals. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, when the season started, you know, they were sort of, they, it, it, they weren't very lucky. Yeah. And sometimes I think, well, I, I'll never say they never played well, but there was competition and, and they weren't least expected to even be in the playoffs. Right. They were the last team that was in the, East. In the playoffs, yeah. right? Yeah. So I used to tell my son, I said, you know, um, Suli, why don't we cheer the um, Winnipeg Jets? <laughs> I like them. And he said, Mom, but, you know, Jets, there's no way I was going to, sorry, but I was not going to be supporting the Maple Leafs for some reason. I don't know why. They never did a thing to me. No, because I, you're no, a Habs fan. You can't I'm cheer for the Leafs. I'm a diehard Habs fan. Yeah. And I said, I can't do the Leafs. It's too close for comfort. <laughs> I will choose Winnipeg. And I was talking with my son. We were just walking one night in Windsor. And I said, honey, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired of praying for them. I'm tired for them losing. It's been some 20 some years for crying out loud. When are we going to have them succeed? And why? Why don't they hire proper managers and coaches? Look, why don't they get younger players here? Uh, You know, things like that. And then I was upset for two other things. And one was that um, uh, Patriot um, Max, uh, you know, their player that they traded and mm-hmm. got, um, I think, got Suzuki. Yeah, got uh-huh. Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, him. And then I was upset about the player that was racialized in um, Boston. Well, I started hating Boston Bruins after that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, because he was an amazing player and then perhaps traded him. So he's now with a, another. Are you talking about PK Subban? I'm talking about PK. Oh yeah. Who was racially abused in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Yeah. And I liked him and and I used to, I didn't mind the Boston Bruins, but from that day on, I said, okay, I'm not even going to care. You guys, you don't treat people like people forget it. So, so so you, you were not thrilled when Nick Suzuki and Max Pacioretty were traded. You didn't like that trade initially. I didn't like it because Max was the captain of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then a PK was just traded and, and it was bad. But so, so then I said to my son, I said, okay. I, well, I just, PK was traded a couple of years ago because yeah, now he's that dead. was a while ago. Yeah. yeah, but you were still saying that you still had a little bit of resent, not resentment, but feelings about that whole incident. Of course I did. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I've never ever even thought about people of color or differences or gender. No, no, no. Everybody has the same skeletal network and the same blood vessels and same nervous system what skin is an important organ the largest organ but it's not important when you are talking about people or you know whatever so i was upset about that and my son said well don't worry mom let's see so when they got in and they were able to get in the playoffs i said yeah that's it so now my son is telling me when I'm talking to him and they started playing and he said, you know what? They're not. The, the Maple Leafs are going to cream them. And I said, nope, they won't. 
We've got a few young people. A mixture of young and old is going to work awesome. No, they won't. So, they so I'm assuming that Nick Suzuki has grown on you because he's done some fabulous things. He's I mean, done he's... awesome. Anderson mm-hmm. and another player. Mm-hmm. Then my little cool... Um, Caulfield. Caulfield. <laughs> he's there. And then, you know, a whole bunch of them. And then they sort of, they've grown and worked together. Yeah. Of course, Gary Price, I've watched him, you know, for a while and I really like him. So I don't think there's anyone as good as him anyway, but that's maybe, this is my opinion. That's your bias. It's okay. I mean, bias, big bias. Yeah. Big, we love Carrie Price. He's not only an yeah. indigenous athlete, but he's yeah, yeah. one Mom's of the indigenous and she's now probably, he said that she is the, um, She's the, the chief of the, of the, the chief of one, yeah. the, yeah. yeah. And so, I, um, then I told my son, I said, no, no, I, I'm just going to pray. I'll pray for the, and I want them to win. Mm-hmm. So they started playing every second night. Faithfully, I sat, turned the TV on and mm-hmm. I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Okay. And eventually they beat the, the leaves. Mm-hmm. And then he said, oh, well, okay, mom, there's sometimes luck works. And I said, no, but you should know how to play as a team. Mm-hmm. They're not as cohesive and I don't find them. They're getting confused in the last game or so. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, mom, okay. Then there comes the Winnipeg Jets. So then my <laughs> son said, well, you know, the Winnipeg Jets will cream them. I said, no, I watched game one. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't think so. So, you know, in four straight games, they ousted them. They swept them. They swept them and then they're off, mm-hmm. right? So then they, they went and played with the, um, um, the, uh, these Americans that they had a couple of days of rest and then they went and played with Las Vegas, right? The, mm-hmm. the Golden Knights mm-hmm. and you know what happened there. So every day I used to check my blood pressure. I'll take, make sure I take my pills because I now with old age, I don't get that emotional, but I do. Uh, I just, you know, they, they sort of create this energy in me. Yeah. And I don't leave the television from start to finish. And nor and do then, you accept phone calls even from your daughter. No, I don't. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Um, one and of the things that I, I, I watch the commentary at the end mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I only want uh, I mean, understand practicing psychiatry. I know that there's negatives and positives, but I like what I hear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll say, okay, they're a little too confused. Sometimes I have a FaceTime with my son and I talk to him while the game's going on. And I say, okay, stop. I'm, I'm too busy right now. I want to make focus, sure, yeah. focus on it. So has it been exciting? This month has been amazing. I'm so like, I'm so happy to, to hear that. And in fact, I love that you watch the commentary so much that Bob McKenzie, one of, you know, TSN's yeah. greatest hockey, you know, uh, pundits and commentators actually wrote about you in his book, Everyday Hockey Heroes. He yeah. talked about you loving the Habs and your story. And I think that was, it was. And, really- and that was when your brother was getting married 
and there was a you mean you mean the anecdote that bob is referring to in the book yeah, he's yeah. referring to bob mckenzie and i was away at work and there was a whole party going on your friends my friends and my house was full people partying eating celebrating and dancing and i came home and i looked at this and there's something else going on on the televisions in my house well that wasn't the order of the day for me and I said, shut the TV. There's um, Boston Bruins playing against the hat. Cut it out. Yeah. And they're saying, what? You know, ladies, my age, they said, are you crazy? We, we, we are dancing. We are preparing. And I said, no, please. Sorry. Party's over. You can hang out. But I am going to watch my game. So I do really appreciate the priority that you set in that because to be honest with you when i watch soccer my kids know the, the euros are on right now the world cup is on right now the women's world cup is on or mm -hmm. if it's the champs league women's or men's finals or mm -hmm. even group stages you know you know playoffs don't mm -hmm. do it so i'm really glad that you set a precedent mm -hmm. for this in our family to mm -hmm. prioritize what you needed to do particularly as someone you know who didn't grow up watching this and i think it speaks to your love of it Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash blue wire to start hiring today. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I told you that, you know, I. I haven't had an invested life with the Montreal Canadiens, mm -hmm. but I'm also somebody who's a sports journalist who works at the intersections of, you know, social justice, politics, and, and sports. So although we've talked about Carey Price a little bit, for those that don't know, the goalie for the Montreal Canadiens, his mother is actually Indigenous and so is he, and she was a former chief of the Ulcacho First Nations in British Columbia, mm -hmm. uh, Anaheim Lake is where he lived and where she still, his mother Linda still lives. So mm -hmm. I have, you know, an interest in those intersections of identity and everything else. And I've struggled, mom, I've struggled with being a Habs fan because I don't think that they're a team that's done the foremost, like the, the Seattle Kraken that will start in the next season. They're mm -hmm. a team that has taken a pledge. You know, I'm associated with Black Girl Hockey Club and I do work on the intersections and anti oppression but I've I've been frustrated with Montreal Canadians lack of getting involved in those ways even the ways that the Montreal the sorry uh, Toronto Maple Leafs have been more involved in anti-racism work how do you reconcile as somebody who you know clearly has a 
vested interest in anti-racism. How do you reconcile being a fan of a club that isn't doing the most? I mean, yes, they've done some work with indigenous communities and they, they, they recognized, you know, the trauma that's being, you know, the, the grief and sadness that's being held by indigenous communities across this country in terms of genocide and their brutal history by, you know, the Canadian state. And I just want to know how you reconcile for so long and even now mm, Shreen, it's um, it's difficult um you know this has gone through my mind several times mm-hmm. um recently there was a short interview of carrie price mm-hmm. when the initial 251 you know infants were um in a mass grave and and I don't think that was the appropriate time to ask him this question. Mm-hmm. That's my feeling. But I thought that these are people, um, we love them. You know, they have a fan base that's thousands and thousands and millions of people. And yet when things like this happen, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't speak out, you're not a part of the person who's protecting or caring or have, um, you know, uh, empathy, let's say, mm-hmm. with what's happening around. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that some of the players of the Maple Leaf, um, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs did say things. I'm not sure whether it is whatever is going on in Quebec, okay, mm-hmm. that, and, and, you know, the bills that they've passed against many of these things um uh or do you mean the the, like which bills do you mean like the xenophobic bills like bill 21 that is anti-muslim and no no, like is that what you mean you know and um against their symbols and then (laughs) it makes me laugh because they're so so um catholic and there's everything you know the saint joseph oratory and everything which we have we've really enjoyed going to and because it's worth going to, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, they haven't said anything. They haven't said anything as a group. Yeah. They haven't said anything as spokespersons. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, um, dis- it's, um, I find that I'm a bit disappointed. Okay. okay. But again, then sometimes you have to separate the game from their political views or their religious views or whatever, we are free to comment on them. And, and um, I, I actually felt very good that Kerry Price did say about his mother. Mm-hmm. He's a man of few words, yes. but he did say that, you know, she was elected as chief mm-hmm. of, the, of the, um, this particular um, British Columbia indigenous people. And I think that was very good. And I think it was fair. Um, will it sink in for everybody? Um, it's such a sad um, situation. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the number of years since 1920s that this has happened or did happen, right? It'll take time to sink in. I know how people react. Sometimes they just freeze. They're not going to say anything till they're really ready to express themselves. Um, but yeah, um, they should have, have said something. Um, they didn't. Mm-hmm. 
however, <laughs> um, that is unfortunate. It's one of the uh, things, but you know, um, as they are playing and moving forward, mm -hmm. it's about our country. It's about Canada. It's about our pride. We are playing the Southerners now. And, um, and you know, for a time being, I know I shouldn't, but I've sort of put them on the, this issue on the side and I'm just praying for Canada to win. I mean, you know? yeah. So I, you know how I feel about this yes. stuff. I yes. feel like the Canada that I know, and you know me, Canada Day was my favorite holiday growing up. You yes. remember how Always. I was obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I really, I, I don't celebrate Canada Day in any capacity anymore because I just think that as much as you're able to compartmentalize, I'm not able to do that. Yeah. And I want not only, like I wrote a piece for TSN that you, know, you always read about how hockey needs to understand indigenous yeah. history and genocide. So I'm not comfortable doing that. And I'm just wondering that, you know, there's one way to get swept up in the game. And, and I love that, you know, like I love watching and I've been pulled back into the Montreal Canadiens. It's just that like you, I was disappointed. I mm -hmm. wanted more from the, from the organization. I wanted, I wanted much more, whether it was Black Lives Matter, whether it's Indigenous genocide in this country. And I know like also, you know, there's a way to reconcile coming from an immigrant experience, but then also yeah. understanding the interconnectivity and collaboration yeah. with indigenous communities that we don't do enough so yeah. for me I'm always constantly thinking about this but then also yeah. appreciating that they're in the finals so mm -hmm. to a degree like you know to answer back or to respond to what you're saying I mean for me it's much less it was very much about U.S. versus Canada Canada versus U.S. and hockey because that's one of the best rivalries in sports <laughs> is Canada versus U.S. but I'm also beginning oh. to yeah but I'm beginning to rethink what Canada even means anymore and I'm like you know yeah. looking at it differently given what we know now like mom I grew up in Canada went to school in Canada and never learned about residential schools I never learned about it yeah I mean I only knew and I found out by accident because you were working in Muscadab at once and I happened to yeah. go with you and mm -hmm. I managed to find a center that talked about it. And I had, we lived, we lived, I grew up in Mi'kmaq territory. I had mm -hmm. no idea about residential schools, the one in Shubenacadie, like I had no idea. So, you know, I feel like in addressing this, there's a, a way to love hockey. There's mm -hmm. a way to still love it, still be critical of it and still recognize what has happened historically. And I think, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to do it. That being said, I am very happy for you. I'm happy for the Montreal Canadian fans because, you know, there's a way to be a fan and support the players without being affiliated with the organization. I think that's yeah. what you've done. You, yeah. It's not like you're a fan of Jeff Molson, you're a fan of the team, no, you know, the players. Yeah, um, and you know, sometimes um, maybe, um, their energy and their cognition is directed more towards the game and you know things that are happening political or otherwise uh, social um they're sort of keeping that away because the focus and direction is more towards the game right and i'm just wondering and th these events unfortunate tragedies that have happened re recently even, you know, I'm not able to reconcile. The first 251 
that happened. That just broke my heart. 215. 215. 215, yeah. And then, then, you know, these recent, as I'm reading in social media and Mm -hmm. on the news and the papers, and I'm saying, I have to take it in. Mm -hmm. This is Canadian children. This is tragedy, a terrible genocide of children Mm -hmm. um, removal from their families. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. the parents that went and endured this grief and pain and helplessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then I thought, okay, I understand this is my favorite team, but then are they focused on it? Will they eventually say something? Will, will many people, many Canadians say anything at all? Mm. Will they? Do you think are they, they did? Internalize this? Are they mm. going to express their despondency or upset or being um you know uh, will they or will they not do you think they did i don't i don't think so i didn't hear from well maybe i haven't heard from many players no not the habs and i really haven't heard a lot from many canadian teams mm. anything about this even you know, like Winnipeg Jets, nothing. No, no yes. the Winnipeg they, Jets made a statement. They did make a statement. They made a statement. And I was happy that when uh, the week that this had happened, they did have a, si- a minute of silence. They did talk about those, you know, 215 children. But now there's hundreds, uh, well, 700 something more and more. So yeah, um, the point is, are we separating this because it's a time of anxiety? Or is it humanity that we do worry about? And many times, you know, sportsmen are a voice of a normal individual, you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't, who doesn't, doesn't get a chance or doesn't speak in public, right? Mm. So they have a platform. Yeah. They have, yeah, they have a platform and they should. So that's, yeah, a bit disappointing. I, I would like to ask <laughs> if I ever get a chance to talk to some of them. Why, you know, why not? Um, well, maybe I, we can, next time I do, I cover a game. Maybe you can come with me and maybe you can well, ask the hard questions in the presser in the, in the, or in the mix zone. That would be really okay. cool to find out why this question yeah. is from you. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I really appreciate you saying this because I have been given a place to learn and unlearn what I knew, right? Much of what I know and, and about, and mama about uh, social justice in sports. Like it came mm-hmm. from somewhere. I grew up in a home where discussion was fruitful and encouraged. So mm-hmm. I had that place to do it. And I'm just thinking about what you said about people not having the knowledge. So I think that's maybe one way to move forward is to try to, whether it's on anti-blackness, on anti-indigeneity, whether it's inclusion yeah. of different marginalized groups, disabled, yeah. queer, or whatnot, they yeah. all, you know, you know, I'm, I believe in inclusion completely in in sport and I believe that sport can you know can really connect and create conversation for this but just okay so let's let me just ask you because we need to wrap up I'm just mindful of the time 
And I love this conversation. That's probably been one of the most, the best ones I've had. If you were going to pick a prediction, what do you think for the Stanley Cup playoffs? Um, <laughs> you know what I would like, but that's not exactly what it is. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning have a very good record, right? Mm -hmm. They're right. good players. Yeah. Um, they've been groomed to play well. Yes. But, you know, um, my hope is that the Habs may carry it to game seven. Oh, <laughs> Habs in seven. You heard it here. Burn it all I, down. Listeners. I want the Stanley Cup. Here. You want the Stanley Cup. Um, I do also thank you because in 1993, when they won, you let me take the day off school. I was very excited about that. <laughs> Uh, school is over for my kids, but I would have offered the same thing. Yeah. Um, but do you think you'll take a day off work if they win the cup? Uh, well, you know, the game's in the evening. And um, um, honestly, just because of my recent illness, I, I think um, if there was a way to invest any money, I would pay and go and watch the games. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Well, you heard it here, you know. Uh, mama wants to go and see this game. Well, just, just making sure it's safe and COVID protocols. Yeah. And, you know, I'm yeah. very happy you're double vaxxed and everything, yeah. but I think we need yeah. to, we'll see. But I mean, I love that for you. I love <laughs> that you're so excited about this. Yeah. Um, dad arguably has said in some of our family group chats that you were the most, you were the more excitable and excited about this, but he just mm -hmm. enjoys supporting you watching. Yeah. I promise I will not call you during any of the games, <laughs> but I do, I do appreciate your, I do appreciate your selfies that you send me when we win. I love that. And uh, I just want to thank you for being on burn it all down to talk about it with me. Mm -hmm. This is uh, 28 years in the making and I'm so happy and, you know, Ali, I guess let's go. I mean, yes. you know, ole, ole, ole. Let's yeah, exactly. Let's I do this. Wish the best. You know, I wish the best for both the teams. Um, though in my heart of heart, I think that they have have done a very good job. You know, it's not luck all the time, Shireen. It's your ability and effort and cohesiveness and uh, teamwork that makes teams win. You know, up to uh, up to this point, and I think Habs have really played well. Um, but, um, you know, I just hope that they bring the cup to Canada. <laughs> okay. Well, friends, flamethrowers, you heard it here. Happy to have Maman on, my favorite, favorite Habs fan in the world. Uh, you know, just can't say enough about her commitment to this team. We're really looking forward to this series and hopefully, as she says, Habs in seven. Thank you so much for listening to our hot take. <laughs> Take care and thank you very much. And I love your program. I like to watch it often. And to all the lovely people that host it, thank you. <laughs>